Holy, Mike Evans for a 70 yard touchdown catch? Wait, is that good or bad for me? Welcome, welcome to another week and another episode of the Fantasy Hardos. I'm Alexander Galambos, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Michael Del Plevignano. How are you doing today? Here we are again. Happy to be here, ready to talk about some conflicting outcomes. Yes, we, we are. Today we're going to be talking about playing in multiple fantasy football leagues and the consequences and the pitfalls of it, of doing so. Uh, this is, I think, one of those topics where you and I are firmly divided on our feelings towards having many different leagues and, and our approaches to playing in many different leagues, whether that means doubling down on the players you believe in or, or hedging your bets and picking different players across uh, all the leagues you play in. Yeah, it can be a very tricky proposition when you're talking about playing in multiple leagues. You know, you hear from a lot of people in the podcast world that do this 24-7, 365 as like their day job. Some of them are in up to 15 or 12 leagues. And you start to hear stories about how when waiver day comes along, it actually becomes like a full-time job and you're committing hours of your day <laughs> to actually sorting yeah, and mean, going through that. I mean, when it stops becoming fun and it starts becoming a chore and you feel like it's actually, you know, weighing on you, that's when for me, it's, it's, you've definitely crossed the line into it's, it's something that I don't want to be doing. Yeah. I, I it should be weighing on you because you care too much, not because it's too much work, in my opinion. Exactly. I think the example you gave, those guys do it for a living. So I imagine they probably feel feel differently towards playing fantasy football. It's it's not just a hobby. It's, you know, they're trying to make money on it. So perhaps if it is a bit of work, that's also okay for them. But I think we're talking about, you know, those who do it for fun, playing in more than one league, perhaps some people, I think the average, you know, someone who plays in more than one might be in somewhere between two and five leagues, say, right? Yeah. Well, when you start talking about how many shares of a certain player that you were targeting, you have in your across all of your leagues, that's when I know you've maybe crossed a a line in the sand where a true hardo that prioritizes their number one league would never cross. Um, You just have way too many conflicting outcomes as you alluded to in your intro. You, you bring up a good point. I think everybody probably has one league they care about the most. And I, I brought this up when we were first talking about when to schedule your draft, right? I think the people that have the leagues they care about the most put their draft closest to uh, the start of the season. Uh, but they also probably put the most effort into certain leagues, whether that's because they're you know friends for a long time or the league is particularly competitive and, and winning that league either comes with you know, a lot more pride or a lot more money potentially. Uh, but then the other thing you've said there is, is having shares, right? And I hate that kind of terminology because that basically says, you know, I'm I'm de-risking my fantasy exposure by having a portfolio of players and some players I like and I might have them in three out of five leagues and some players I don't, but I didn't want to miss out if, if I was wrong about them. So I have them in one out of five leagues or something to that effect. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean... When you're watching on Sunday, the last thing you want to be doing is sitting there being conflicted about the outcome that you're going to have based on, you know, certain player doing X or Z or Y, right? And you're just sitting there and you don't feel, you feel good and bad all at once, which really negates the, the feel good of the reason why we play fantasy football and getting that juice outright. Yeah. Right? Like, you so know. I, 
that's I mean, that's my number one argument is I want to feel the full swings of the good and the bad. So I my intent this year was only play in one league. You talked me into a second league and the league I was trying to leave. I ended up celebrity drafting and now I'm co-managing that team. So I <laughs> somehow went from going trying to go from two to one to actually ending up in three. Um, but I have. Garrett Wilson in all three leagues. I have Ouch. CMC in two because I would have had him in three if it was, the third wasn't a snake. Like I basically decided the reason why I wanted to go down to one is because I hated this feeling of a player having a great week and I don't feel good about it because he's on one of my teams and he's a, against me in another league. Yes. Um, so I thought, you know, fine. You know, the Aaron Rodgers news sucked, but it sucked consistently for me and i can't there's no mixed emotions as much as i've tried i tried my best to remove the mixed emotions part of the equation for for this year yeah i'll give you an example of real life for me last night i was watching thursday night football and in one league i'm the league that is the priority league that i care about most i was playing against the guy who had brock purdy and i had debo playing in that league against him in the head-to-head matchup but in the other league i had george kittle starting so I'm sitting there trying to decide who I want to catch the ball. I want there to be equal shares. Whereas if I wasn't playing in that second league, I'd probably just be outright cheering for Debo all the way. But I'm sitting there feeling like I want him, them to spread the ball around. And <laughs> it's just like Absolutely. one of those things that you're thinking about in, your, in the back of your head as you're watching, right? You're watching through a different lens than you would be if you were just watching through one, obviously. Right. And, and you're also talking about this in the context of we're early in the season right now. Um, you're talking about in the context of one game. And I also think this matters, particularly as the season goes on, because as you start to see your record shape up, um, you know, if you're playing in three to five leagues, hopefully one of those leagues is going well. But that, what that also means is you're probably just going to pivot your attention to the one good league and ignore the other two. And that's that's fine. In, in this example, you'd have three leagues, but that, that's fine. But that to me also just means that yeah, I get you, you kind you're, of you're, you're, you know? you're basically saying that those other leagues you're not as active in, you're not as excited about them, and that's that the purpose of playing in fantasy exactly. leagues is that we want the most engaged and active managers as possible that we can get, and you know by you having multiple leagues and deprioritizing the ones where you're doing you know shitty shittier in, you're 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 creating something that a hardo would never want for that that existing league that you're you're deprioritizing. I exactly. Think, and I mean, you and I have like, we should talk each other. We should talk other friends of ours. Uh, you know, we've been playing with for a long time. When we start to see them in a position where they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Sometimes we've heard, okay, well, you know, I'm doing well in my other league anyway. And it's kind of a cop out for, uh, you know, the league I care about the most isn't going well, but that's fine. I've got something yeah. else on the back burner. Yeah, I think I think a couple of weeks ago, so I have Waller in the main league, the one that we both care about the most, and you have him in the in the in the second league, and yep. you were shit talking me about his his uh, his hammy the other week um, after week one, basically talking about how this was going to be a lingering thing. You were chirping me, and I said, "Don't you have him in the other league?" Like you know, you know. We're, I don't we'll care. Reel it in a little bit. And you were saying <laughs> I don't give a shit about the. <laughs> so it's like you know this is the kind of situation that you gotta find yourself in sometimes in the discussion. So even the chirps don't feel the same to a certain extent. 
Um, yeah. It just kind of it changes the dynamic of the fun that you're having. And I think, you know, the point that you were making, so in this, again, going back to our circumstances and the discussion that we were having after, I think, week one was you talking about the waiver wire and even the draft about you telegraphing your moves. So so I guess we should yeah. we'll roll back for a second here and talk about the the two leagues that we're both in and talk about the complexion of the managers in those two leagues. So for us, yeah. the the biggest issue, I guess, is that there is roughly just under 50% overlap between the managers in our top priority league and our second league. And so what that means is when you're making a move on the waiver wire, or even in your draft, going back to pre to before the season started, you make a move in one league and you're telegraphing what your intentions are and where, you know, the work that you've done in terms of the intel that you had it to the other before you yeah. can go and make that that move. So I think you you were basically complaining that you were losing your competitive advantage or your edge that you had in that second league. I think, well, I think it creates a few. So let me say first, I think there are a number of reasons why playing in multiple leagues can be fun, right? You might have different friend groups that you want to stay close to. Uh, perhaps you have different motives. I don't know if you have younger kids that are trying to get interested in it, and that's going to be a completely different kind of league experience. So to me, if a league serves a very different purpose or access to a different social group, I think that totally makes sense. What you've done here is you you had a handful of people that wanted to play that weren't playing with you, but you also said the league's the most fun when it's 12 people, which I agree with. We just couldn't find, or you couldn't find 12 people to create the second league. Mm -hmm. So what you basically did was dipped into the pool of our core league and brought over five people from that, yourself included. So now five out of the 12 are in both leagues. The challenge I have there is there's so much overlap. There's one, when waivers come up, you know, I'm potentially tipping my hand. If someone, let's say someone drops somebody that's sitting on waivers in one league and that person's available in another league. If I go pick them up, now everyone in the main league might be thinking, oh, this guy's on waivers. Maybe I should bid, bid more for them. Uh, you know, if I want to trade talk with somebody, it can kind of just be strenuous trying to talk to the same person in two different leagues about different players. Uh, you know, it kind of takes a lot of energy to do trade talks. And I think like it, it kind of draws down on that energy when you're trying to talk about this in, in multiple different contexts. Sure. The, the, other, the other challenge I have is my co-manager in the third league is also in our main league. No. So when him and I are, so he messaged me, so week one, here's a great example. Week one, he messages me, hey, who do you think we should pick up? And we're both kind of like lying to each other. He's like, oh, what about this guy? What about this guy? Like avoiding the obvious names. And then waivers clear. And I realized that midnight he went back in and put in the player that was actually the best option, which was Puka. Uh, and then he goes, sorry, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to tip you off in the other league. Oh, my God. And then week two rolls around, and he's like, okay, who should we go for this week? And I'm like, I'll, I'll just let you handle the waivers because you and I, I know you and I both don't care about this league as much as the main league. Mm -hmm. So you make those decisions. We don't have to worry about our conflict of interest, essentially, that we've created here. Did you did but, you make yeah, a pact? I think like, did you make a pact that you weren't going to go in and look I, at the we didn't make a pact. I just said you handle it. You handle it. Yeah, I mean, but this is my point. I think overlapping in managers is actually a bigger challenge in my in my eyes than just having multiple leagues. Like conflicting outcomes kind of sucks. And you can do your best, especially if it's auction, to hedge hedge against that outcome. Like yep. you can go and just draft the same players as much as you want. Yeah. Um, but when you have the same players in multiple leagues, same managers, 
you know, I, I just, I don't like like tipping my hand and our keeper format actually means that like the, the math equation is a little bit different on the value of players. So that's like one benefit, but ultimately I think we're in week three. I'm, I'm doing well so far, but I'm still out for next year. Like I can't, I can't have a, a league where half of the guys are from the, my main league yeah. are also in that one. The overlapping manager piece is the the biggest issue, aside from the the shares of players and and treating them like stock. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I definitely agree with that that statement and realize that there are pitfalls related to that that side of things. So we'll have to do our best to diversify away from having that much overlap for next year in the second league. Yeah, that's the takeaway. Maybe there's some there's some positives. I think, like I said, I think being in a league where you have access to people maybe you don't see as often. I think fantasy football can also be a great way to keep in touch with people that don't live near you. Gives you reason to talk about you know something on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've said before, having multiple leagues allows you to try out different type of roster construction. Wonder is there there other things that you saw as a benefit? Um, oh, I just wanted to get the, the, the main reason why the second league was created was to allow people that hadn't had the chance to play fantasy football, but were very interested in it to have that shot. And, you know, for those folks that are getting that chance now, I think for them, it's, it's very meaningful and they're really enjoying it. So for that reason, I think the, the positives outweigh the negatives and we'll suck it up and we'll figure something out for next year where we can try and diversify down the amount of overlap between the the managers that are in both leagues. We should have called this the second league the Big Brother League where everyone gets a big and a little that they're sponsoring. (laughs) (laughs) I see your point. Maybe you should have just run a six-team league with the six people that you had and just watched the the chaos ensue. No, definitely not doing that. The six team six team league is not even worth having it has to be 12 or bust yeah no wow i agree with you i think that i think the answer is maybe to start actively recruiting now for next year to fill some of the spots um where we have overlapping managers in any case i guess the only other thing that i think can keep things fresh with multiple leagues and we actually by design we we didn't do this is having leagues where the formats are different uh, and so I think in a future episode, we're going to talk about like extremely different versions of fantasy football, but just to keep it simple, you know, I, one of the three leagues has kickers in D and the other one doesn't, or the other two don't, right? Uh, one is a snake draft and two are auctions. So those things can also make your fantasy football experience different, uh, which can be fun and make it, keep it interesting. I think because you started the second league that was modeled after the first league. We've actually mirrored the format exactly. Yeah. Which also, in my opinion, is it contributes to the challenge I have in that all of it, it's nice because you don't have to really think about things differently than you would in the other league. But again, as you tip confusing. your hand, yeah, it's confusing. Or you, sh- you show who you're interested in. Uh, you know it, that translates over perfectly into the the core league. Uh, so you know. It's all just counter to my my need to, to want to win the league that we care about the most. I I understand. I understand. I think the only difference between the two leagues being is that one is the obviously the main league, the big one is is the keeper league, and the other one is a redraft yeah. league as of right now. So yeah, 
I think you actually, well, and I guess this is a further point to the, or further on the list of the point that I just made, but you also liked the idea of having a redraft league. Yes. Uh, which, which our keeper league wasn't, and obviously the draft was a much different experience, but I guess the keeper keeps things fresh where you get a clean slate. Or sorry, the redraft keeps things fresh where you get a clean slate and you can build a completely new team um, and don't have to worry about the regrets of having traded away all your draft capital from the year before. Yes. <laughs> um, in terms of covering this topic, I think we've it, it is a, a fairly short one. I, I don't know if yeah. there was anything else that we really wanted to chat about on this, but would love to hear from the listeners if they have any other experiences that that we haven't touched on in terms of points that should be noted for future. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, If you've got a pro or a con in favor of or against being in multiple leagues, and especially if you consider yourself a hardo, I'm sure that means just the way that I I feel about it. While I might not care as much, I'm still trying just as hard in all of these leagues. Uh, Write into us at fantasyhardos at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your stories. So story time? I think it's I think it's story time. Uh, why don't I... I'll tee it up. I think you and I were both in a thread this week where we got some, some funny things uh, coming through that we'd like to share. But so for, for context, uh, a few of us have a chat group where it's pretty much going nonstop while games are on. And we're watching the Monday night football game. Uh... Nick Chubb just has, like, the most gruesome knee injury I think any of us have ever seen in a football game, at least in recent memory. And one of uh, the people in this group chat messages and says, oh, this this reminded me or reminded my brother of the time pre, or I guess it was during dial-up internet age, where there were no waivers. And so when something like this would happen, everyone would run to their computers trying to connect their dial-up internet connection to go and claim the players like Jerome Ford in this instance <laughs> that just became valuable as the result of an injury. And I think that got us started on, man, like we think we're hardos now. And that just means that we take this really seriously and we try hard. But the pre-internet fantasy football experience, like I think that actually was exclusively a, a hobby a for hardos because That's of the hard-o. amount of work that you had yeah. to do back then. That's strictly hardo level. And, you know, along those lines, we were thinking, oh, why don't we see if we can grab another story that kind of fits the, the pre-internet age. There's one that we stumbled upon that's a hardo story related to even before that, like even before dial-up internet was a thing or it was widely available, I guess we're talking like early 90s. Um, There was a commissioner of a league that used to drive to everyone's house on a Friday and pick up the sheets for lineups. (laughs) And then what he would do is he'd pass out the weekly standings on Friday. So if you're not keeping track of things yourself, you don't know what's happening until five days later. You don't know if you won or lost. And if you wanted to pick up, drop, or trade guys, you're doing those changes between Friday and Sunday, and then you'd have to do it via fax. <laughs> so we're talking they wanted, about... They wanted to have the paper trail. That way they could uh, yeah. have evidence of who made a claim at he, what time. He wasn't taking phone calls, so you know he wouldn't accept any transactions via the telephone, only fax. 
And, you know, you could call him up basically and get your results of who, if you won or not, but that was all he would do over the phone, this commissioner, which I find to be hilarious. <laughs> can you, can you imagine waiting for the newspaper to put out the box scores so you could find out how your team did, especially, I mean, I guess you could do the math yourself live, which sure. would be a huge pain in the ass, but you're probably not going to be completely accurate. And so if your matchup's close... Like, if I see someone make a catch, I'm immediately refreshing my yeah. app. And if it's not in there, I'm freaking out already. Yeah. Like, how much was that worth, you know? Yeah, exactly. And now i got to wait five days to find out the result of my matchup. I, I can't imagine the, that. The instant, I, I guess that was the norm, so... The instant gratification is certainly it, not there in terms of, you know, the watching your players play and how we watch fantasy football today and how it works. Yeah. But I feel like in the age of the phone, you know me, I'm... I'm always on the phone. I feel like I in a league where it would have been driven by the telephone. So maybe if there was one where you could do all your transactions via telephone with commissioner, I think I would have done pretty well. I always <laughs> prefer to pick up the phone and call somebody versus texting or emailing. That's always my, my go-to. I feel like I would have had a I leg think... up. It would have been my, my uh, era. Would, would you say, though, that you would rather have trade talks over the phone? Because... I think that also ultimately would have been how it had to work. You'd have to be like someone you know that lives down the road. Maybe you're out for a beer. Maybe you're having lunch together and you're going to try and talk trade in person or over the phone. I think every trade I've ever made, you know, you don't have to worry about your poker face because you're on the other side of a text message. It's true. Like, would you would you have rather done your trade talking in person or over the phone? Um, there are certain trades that I've done that definitely I would have rather done in person. And there are others that I would have certainly liked to continue to keep hiding behind a phone on, via a text message. Like that's easier. I, yeah. I, I mean, you and another member of our league, I know are, you sometimes get fixated on players and you, you kind of start bidding against yourself when someone's not responding to you. So perhaps having to wait for a live conversation would have saved you from driving the price up on yourself. Yeah, no, that's definitely a valid point. <laughs> I think uh, one <laughs> one member of our league does that to himself incessantly, but um, he's best to protect himself via live negotiations in person. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think like the low ball offers, the cold offers, all of the bad parts of, you know, fantasy trade negotiation probably didn't quite exist in the same way. Uh, the other thing I saw just on the point around you know, waiting for newspapers, I saw some people used to argue over which newspaper source was the right yes. one. Yes. And like, because they, they weren't always consistent across newspapers, right? right. Like you would have different box scores. Um, I guess some of them had uh, had adjustments that they would make, like stat adjustments, and maybe others didn't. And they just like ran the, the, pa the paper before the, the stat adjustments came out because they would go to right. press, right? So wild. I wonder how they changed. would have done waiver priorities. I guess you could probably run a similar system where you just need an impartial person to run it, like a commissioner who's not, you know, cheating the system. And people just have to submit by a certain deadline and they have a priority. I guess you can't do, a, I mean, I guess you could have done fab. I don't know. This sounds like, I, I'm sure fab didn't exist back then. No. You probably would have just had a priority. I think it was order, just the but... Wild West. I don't even know if they had priority. I think it was just first come, first serve. Like you called or you faxed it, your commissioner and said, hey, I'm going to pick up X, like process it. Like consider Hopefully the it commissioner done. had an extra big tape recorder on his voicemail machine so that he could, uh, he could 
field all the calls that people were doing to make claims. Yeah, you got to clear your your voicemail uh, inbox before uh, before the, the the fresh week starts. Otherwise, there's no room left. Right. Or I don't know, like that's just so much paperwork too. Like if you're doing it via fax, think about how much extra work that would have been. I mean, I I've heard of like people doing this by hand, the whole thing. Can you like, I don't know. I, when I was a kid, we used to go bowling and some places didn't have an electronic scorekeeping system and you had to keep your own score for bowling. And that seemed ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing this for 10 players. Uh, I met, I guess this is probably why standard was standard scoring was the norm uh, to simplify, you yes. know, accounting for catches and it's yes. really just yards. Okay, that now it starts to make sense if you roll back yeah. standard to what it was. Yeah, so you're just As, looking at yards. It's easier math. Yeah. No fab. All the, the, yeah. I think like the simplicity of fantasy football existed pure to pure necessity, likely because all of the extra calculations was just. You know, doing it by hand would have just and been here realistic. We, and here we are now in the golden age, but who knows what the future of fantasy football will look like with everything that is happening in, in the world of technology. Who knows what it will look like 10 years from now even. I mean, we're talking about 30 years back, what it looked like. So Yeah, I mean, the, it's my fantasy hardo brain when I first heard this went straight to, man, if you knew anything about advanced stats, you would have had such an edge. Like, I feel... As though Twitter and you know different various analysts have kind of leveled the playing field by doing all of the hard work to find, you know, trend analysis and which players, you know, maybe didn't score a lot of points but showed a lot of promise for whatever reasons. Uh, and so all of that kind of is accessible to everyone in a pretty easy to consume way now, right? Like you can go buy a subscription to analysis. There's a lot of free stuff out there. But someone's willing to do all the work and just hand it over to you. And as long as you know where to look, you, you can, can have it. all that great information. Yeah, you can have eight hours of, of work and analysis to you synthesized in under an hour or 30 minutes and then just go away, go away with it and make your decisions for the week. Right. Yeah. But back then, if you knew and it, it, probably a quarter of, of the type of things to look for that analysts do today, you probably were just crushing your league and no one could understand how you were so good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Well, I think that concludes our story time for the week. And with that said, it's time to wrap up another episode of the Fantasy Hardos. Thank you very much. It's been another good one. Yes, sir. Bye. We'd love to hear from all of you. So if you have an example of a time where you took fantasy sports too far, whether that's football or another sport, or you have a story of a league mate or a friend that you know that went the extreme for the sake of fantasy sports, please feel free to write into us at fantasyhardos at gmail.com. We'll be looking to share these stories every week and uh, we can't wait to hear from all of you.